Good evening. Today is January 2nd. I forgot the day of the week. <laughs> and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is Into Action, Step 5. And our speaker tonight is Deanna B. Thank you, Deanna. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me, everybody. I'm Deanna B, compulsive overeater. First time at this meeting, and I'm super grateful to have been invited here today um, to share. I will start with some, I guess, qualifiers. So I, uh, my first OA meeting was August 16th, 2020. So it was the middle of the pandemic. Um, it was online, a Zoom meeting. And my first day of abstinence was September 3rd, 2020. So not super long after that. Um, and what I'll share is when I came to this, to that first meeting, I'd already taken step one. <laughs> I knew I was powerless. I didn't know about the steps. Not really. I mean, I'd heard about them through my alcohol, my um, friend in AA, but I knew that I was powerless. I had done lots of diets. I did lots of exercise. I drank lots of water before meals. I did the starving thing. I bought the clothes that didn't fit to shame myself into losing weight, started accountability groups with my friends, read all these books, gave my spouse the credit card, got mad at my spouse for taking the credit card, did all kinds of crazy things to control my eating and it did not work. And I remember saying over and over, I'm like an alcoholic with food. And finally, this friend of mine said, hey, I've heard about OA, sent me the link to the website. I took the quiz and said yes to everything but one. And I don't know what that one was, but I probably should have said yes <laughs> to whatever it was. Um, so I know that the subject of this meeting today is um, how it works and step five. So I'm going to focus on that. But I'll say that since September 3rd, I have not I'm compulsively eaten. I have put down sugar, all flours, white rice and cheese that those are the my alcoholic ingredients. Um, I also weigh and measure my food as much as possible. If I'm out, I don't, I don't bring a scale with me when I go out. I don't bring a scale with me if I'm on vacation, but when I'm home, I use that as a tool to help me. And I, um, have for the most part, three meals a day. If I, I like to run marathons, if I'm doing a very long run, I've worked with my dietitian to come up with a feed, a food plan that works to support that. Um, and sometimes that includes a long run recovery meals, but my sponsor and I call it, we're not using the word snack because uh, that word's pretty loaded. Um, I have a sponsor. I also sponsor and I really love this program. It saved my life. Um, I came to this program with uh, three children who I had before finding food sobriety. And so if we're talking about how it works, let me, let me open my book. Um, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. The food had really helped me um, deal for a long time. It worked for a long time. It worked in helping me to numb um, a lot of the anxiety that I felt, a lot of the fear that I felt. I went to bed um, scared every night. I woke up scared every morning i'm my my doors being knocked by one of my children who's going to join me so give me one second i need to hear my story yeah okay you can hear my story too 
Sometimes this happens, you get company. Okay, so the food worked until it didn't. Um, it, it stopped working and that's why I came, but I still wasn't ready to be honest. So when I say I took step one before my first meeting, I took part of it, I took the powerlessness part, but the unmanageability part, that became really clear to me in step four, which is talked about a lot in how it works. That's what how it works is really, really covers. Um, for me to write down all the things that I resented, all of the things that I was afraid of, all of the, the ways that I had um, mistreated people in relationships, that showed me the unmanageability in my life um, in a way that I just couldn't see otherwise. But to get there, I had to... Um, I had to come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And I had to come to believe um, that a power greater than myself could actually take care of my life and my will. I had to turn my will and my life over. Something I love about this chapter is when it talks about on page uh, 62, it says, this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director he is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. Um, it's interesting. I don't, I don't use um, those pronouns when I talk about my higher power. I, I tend to say they, them when I'm talking about my higher power, but this was still a really powerful and important reading for me um, at that time, because it, it made me think about, it made me ask myself the question, who has God been in my life? I came to program uh, being really involved in in church. I was a very religious person. And so I thought that I had this whole spiritual piece. I thought that I had that covered. Um, you want to come down? Oh, the fire. It is hot. Jeez. I got a candle going and he's like, let me, let me touch it. No, but you know what you can play with? Here, you can have this baby. Here you go. Let's see if that will work for you. This is life with life with a toddler. It's actually quite adventurous all the time. Um, I had to come up with an understanding of my higher power that would allow me to turn my will and my life over. When I came to this program, that God of my religion at that time was a trickster. It was a God who knew about my food problem and used it in order to make me know how bad I was. So why would I why would I ever turn my my food problems over to that kind of God? It wasn't that I even disliked God. I would have said I loved God, but I had tremendous fear around this idea of God. And I did not see that this God was for me. And so when I got to this part of the book, my sponsor asked me to think about who I wanted my higher power to be. And for me, a, a big part of that was unconditional love. So I started to think, what are um, what are the moments in my life that I felt unconditional love? And I would, I would summon memories of moments where I felt like my friends were showing me unconditional love or my children were showing un unconditional love or colleagues were showing me that. No, baby, the candle is, you can have the top. Sure. You can have the top of okay. the candle. Um, oh dear. Yeah. He has found his way here and he's not supposed to be here. Give me one second. I'll be right back because he's got a place to be and he's very curious. Give me one moment. My time going. 
All righty. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> this is real life. This is real life. Dad has got him. Okay. Higher power. <laughs> um, so thinking about who I wanted my higher power to be for me made it possible for me to uh, really start to be honest about the things that I needed support with in my life, to be honest about the ways that I needed help, that I wasn't asking for help. And that was something I was eating over. To be honest about the ways that I felt alone, um, to be honest about the ways that um, I felt ashamed, to be honest about the ways that I was eating <laughs> to cover these things. There was a lot of dishonesty in my food. Um, before I came, I was somebody who would go to one fast food restaurant on one side of town and then eat the food in the car and then go to another, the same exact place actually, but on another side of town because I didn't want the, you know, the cashier to like recognize me. And I would do that sometimes. There was this one place, I would go to the three McDonald's in the same, like in different cities <laughs> within where I live. Um, and then I would come home and I would stuff all of the bags that had this food into my purse and come into the house and eat a meal with my family. And then when no one was looking, I would stuff those bags into the trash and then cover the trash with more trash so that no one could see it. So if that was my, that was my normal, if that was my normal, um, it was going to be really impossible for me to be honest without a power greater than myself. And so that was why this, this part, this whole idea of who who am I reaching for? What am I reaching for if it's not a who? Because I started to question so much about my um, my faith system at this time. I started to really have a lot of questions that I'm so glad. I, I've, I've talked to people who are you know nervous about doing the 12 steps because they know it's a spiritual program. And some people are really worried about how that could bump up against the things that they've been taught to believe. But what I'll say is for me, that did happen. <laughs> my my conception of my higher power is like dramatically different today in 2024 than it was in 2020. Um, and I'm really, really grateful because that has allowed me to be honest, um, not just not just with myself, my higher power. And that's the part about step five that I think is so important. It's about being honest with myself with God and with another human being. But to get to that point, I have to trust that I'm being, I am being taken care of. I cannot, I cannot get to the point where I tell you that I um, was eating spoonfuls of sugar out of a jar. I can't tell you that if I don't believe that I'm going to be safe. Of course, I can't tell you that. My disease has me convinced that I can't give that away to anyone because who would, who would accept me? 
how would I be accepted by society if, or by my family or by my friends if that's something that I shared? And so I really had to spend a lot of time connecting with this new power that I was starting to tell myself. I didn't even like fully believe it, but I would say things to myself like, God is for me. God loves me. And the way that that has evolved today, I think um, my higher power even looks back at the version of me that came to OA, the version of me that was really ashamed and broken and was eating like crazy. And um, my higher power has encouraged me to thank that person, to say, thank you for making it. Thank you for eating that way. Thank you for yelling that way. Thank you for doing what you did. You had to do to survive. And that, that is how I understand my higher power. My higher power looks at the parts of me that I think are despicable and ugly and says, I love that person. I'm, I'm going to love that person forever. I can, I can give that higher power anything. I can give that higher power anything. And I don't have to be afraid. Um, which brings me to step five and the terror, the, the terror. So at this point um, in my program, I've taken st step five as of today, I'm like in the middle of taking it actually with the sponsee. Um, and I've taken it uh, three times before that. And the first time was absolutely the most difficult time. It was terrifying because I, I knew what I wrote down in my fourth step. I was, I, I got it. I got that I had a lying problem. I got that I had a denial problem. And I really believed what this book said about being thorough from the, from the beginning, being fearless from the beginning. And I really wanted to be free of this disease at this point. So I wrote down all the things in my fourth step that I had never shared with anybody. And the encouragement that I got from fellows was don't think about step five and your step four, just think about step four. And I, I listened to them, even though I knew that they were, you know, full of it. <laughs> and now it's going to have to do something with this step four, but I listened to them and I just wrote down all the things and there were the irony, man, there were a few things in there that I was just so afraid to share with my sponsor, including one thing that truly is, is really ironic. At the time, I still thought that I was a heterosexual person and I had some homophobic ideas. I'm, I'm gay. I'm just going to say that's outside issue, but it's deeply impacted. My program has deeply impacted me in this area. And my sponsor is too. And I was so afraid of sharing that part of my fourth step inventory with her, of revealing to her that I had these homophobic experiences and ideas. I was so afraid. I was like, she's going to drop me. She's, and I, I, at this point, like I had grown to really love my sponsor because she had really been helping me. Um, but in this program says that we admit, you know, we admit the exact nature of our wrongs. That's so five minutes. Thank you so much, Shannon. So I had this opportunity in step five to face my deepest fear, which was to tell the truth. This is what I've been running from. And I did it so much with the food. I lied so much about the food, but honestly, the food is a distraction. The food was a distraction for the anguish that was happening in my soul. I was lying. Y'all, I was lying about so many things that I am still surfacing today. I was lying about my sexuality. I was lying about my gender. I was lying about my theology. I was lying about my happiness in my marriage. I was lying about my happiness in my career. I was lying about my relationships with friends who I actually had much more than friendly feelings for. I was lying about all kinds of things, but the food was such a wonderful distraction. 
And when I put it down, thank God for this program, because then all that stuff starts coming up. But it came up in, in time because I believe my higher power is gentle. And so what came up that first fifth, fourth step and fifth step was what I had the capacity to look at. And it was a lot. And I shared it all with my sponsor. And you know what she said after I told her all the things that I thought made me a horrible person? She said, you see, you're not a monster. That was what she said. That was what she said to me. And I like when she said, you see, I was waiting for the next line to be, you're fucked up. (laughs) That's what I was waiting for. But that's not what she said. She said, you're not a monster. And then she went on and said, like, I've heard so much worse. And you just really beat yourself up and do all this self-flagellation. And the next thing we got to do is look at that. And step six, these character defects of yours of beating yourself up. And I was blown away because I was convinced that she was going to stop sponsoring me. I was convinced that she was going to call the police (laughs) and say, this person is insane. I really had this narrative in my mind that if I tell you about the ugly, the things that I think are ugly, which I've come to find out in this program, I actually don't know what is ugly and what isn't. I don't really know what is good and what is bad. I don't know what's best for me. There's so much that I don't know. And I think that I do. And I operate from a place as if I know. And that's when I get in trouble. And that's why I need you all. I need this fellowship. I need these steps to continuously bring me back. Um, since that first, I, I do actually want to read the the promises of the step five promises, because this happened after my first, uh, my step five experience. It's continued after others. But on page 75, it says, we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step withholding nothing, and I read that before and I was like, I want this. So I'm going to tell myself, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel feel we are on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And I will say that that was, I felt that and I still feel that, but I don't, I don't, um, I don't think that that feeling is a guarantee. I think the reason I still feel that is because this program requires me to continuously practice these steps and look at these steps. And, you know, step five is about sharing with another person, with myself and with God, the exact nature of my wrongs, but there are following steps that allow me to continuously do that every day. And recently, um, a really painful fourth step, I had to, you know, like I said, I've done the, I've taken the fourth step more than one time. There are things that I missed in my first one, or maybe I didn't miss them, but they just weren't at that time what came up in um, following fourth steps, new issues arose. And in the most recent one, what really came to light is that the marriage that I've been in is, is not the marriage that I need to stay in. And my fifth step experience there was, um, it was painful, but it was also really beautiful to be able to be honest about something that I just really didn't want to look at. And I'll say that that was really, you know, it's, it's scary what this step asked. It is, it is scary. It is really scary. And some, and it costs something. It does. It cost me delusion. It cost me, um, the obsessive food thoughts. 
It's cost me the reliance on food. It's cost me reliance on self. It's cost me people pleasing. I'm so happy to pay those costs. I don't want to have anything. I don't want those anymore. Um, so I'm really, I'm really grateful for it's the way books are ordered. Oh, thank you. And I'll, yep, I'll pass. That's it. Thank you so much. Wow, Deanna, thank you so much for that incredible, vulnerable share. Very honest. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. And I see Amy B is up first. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you, Shannon, for timing. Thank you, everybody, for doing service tonight, including the service of being here. And Deanna, thank you so much for that uh, display of step five in action. Um, first of all, I, I also want to thank you so much for um the testimony in action, like watching you literally practice these principles in all of your affairs with your toddler on the screen and life on life's terms. And you were gracious and you took care of what needed to be taken care of. And we got to witness that. That, I'm so grateful. If that was all, but it wasn't because um, you were beautifully um, instructive in the big book, um, communicating your personal experience with, with telling the truth, with being seen. Um, I, I'm just really, and, and uh, I will say you had me right at the beginning when you said that I took step one before I came in the rooms, but I didn't even know it. I, I had that experience. I had exactly that experience. And as soon as I was like, I knew. And that is kind of like the only thing that I have to know, right? Um, I also just want to make one more comment about the part where you, where you spoke about saying the things about which you felt made you a monster or, or, uh, from my, per my experience, that is the things about which I just carry shame and have kept in the dark and, um, how like letting that go and is, is like a gateway to miracles. Thank you for reading the promises too and reminding of it. That was just, that was, that was so wonderful. I'm so grateful I was here. Thank you very, very much for your service. I pass. Thank you so much, Amy. And Chanel T, you're up next. Thank you so much. Forgive the weird lighting. This is still Chanel. I'm still a grateful compulsive eater. And Deanna, whose name I've been mispronouncing when I looked it up on in my text. So I apologize for that. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, I can't wait to listen to that again. I can't wait to send it to other people, including sponsees. And um, you have all this wisdom in your short amount of time on this earth. And God's bringing that to light. And as I speak to you in literal darkness, that's kind of funny. But um, yeah, just, I, I, I mean, it's hard for me to pinpoint. It was, man, I can't wait to hear that again. And when you are showing me, showing us that you're going to be honest about whatever it is, no matter what. And that is what this takes. It takes being honest no matter what. And like you, it's for me, it's coming in layers, right? Like more and more is being revealed to me about me. And I'm trusting God more and more as I go. And uh, what an incredible experience that is. And able to admit to someone else. I was never able to do that. Not about my food, not about anything else. So I just want to thank you for that beautiful example, not only of step five, but also of recovery. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Chanel. And Carolyn, you're up next. Thank you. Hello, everybody. And thank you for all who are doing service tonight and all the time. Um, I so loved your share, Diana. Um I've never met you before and I've never heard you before. And it was exactly what I needed to hear tonight. <clears throat> and um, I especially loved the part, I know this isn't necessarily about step five, um, but I especially loved the part when you talked about how your higher power told you that they loved all parts of you, including the parts that you were ashamed of, because I think that's the, part that I have the biggest struggle with. <clears throat> um, and I will do something that step five requires now because I haven't been willing to do it for a long time. And um, I, <clears throat> I recently got dropped by my sponsor and um, She told me the reason, but I haven't told fellows that I've been talking to about this, that the reason was in part, well, maybe this isn't the reason, but but I am in relapse. I'm not in terrible, terrible relapse. Like, I don't know if there's degrees. There probably aren't, but <clears throat> um, I'm not eating my alcoholic foods, but I'm I'm just not as strong in my program and I don't have the, the food um, neutrality that I had. And so it's been a real struggle. Um, but I'm glad that I shared it all with you tonight because I think that's the first thing I need to do is be honest with myself and be honest with all of you. So um, <clears throat> anyway, um, thank you again so much. And I really loved your share. That's all I have to say. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Uh, Lynn S., you're up, please. Hi, I'm Lynn, compulsive overeater. Um, first time at this meeting, so I'm glad to be here. Um, my sponsor recommended this meeting, and normally I have a client at this time, 
And lo and behold, the client canceled and, and it just popped in my head like, oh yeah, the meeting. And so, boy, am I glad that I got to come to this meeting. I felt like as soon as the client canceled, actually, I was like, that's what's supposed to happen. Like I, I was supposed to have like five sessions in a row. So I was like, thanks, higher power. And then I remembered. But anyway, that was a fabulous share. Um, you know, it's been said that it was incredible. Like every word of it really was. Um, um, I took notes. I mean, I was just like, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. Like all of it. But, um, you know, um, I've had, I've done a handful of step fives over the years. And, um, you know, my very first one was done via how, and it was like, it was like 180 questions or something insane like that, that covered like every minute of your life, um, like from birth to present day, really unbelievable amount of work for that one. But I, and I, my sponsor at the time was 20 years older than me. And I was like, I can't believe I'm going to tell this woman this stuff. Like I never told anyone any of this stuff about like my wild twenties or things like that, you know? So, um, but what you said and what I agree is that I had my higher power or I couldn't have done it. Like every step of the way, it was because I had my higher power and I trusted that that was my higher power's will for me. Um, and I believed that that's, that was what I was supposed to do. And that's the only way I've done anything in this program. It's all been with knowing that. So that I thought was um, just so key, but after my my sponsor, we we it, we spent six hours that day going over, broke for lunch, and it was very lovely. And at, at the end of the day, she said, "I think you're a wonderful person." And I was like, "Oh, well, that kind of made the 180 questions worthwhile, you know, just that, just to tell someone the the good, the bad, and the ugly, and have them, you know, be like, you know." totally accepting uh, and not, you know, there's no judgment and it was beautiful. And that was a great experience. But like my next one, that was when I actually got to see how my character defects were present for every for every person. You know, I didn't get that in the first round, but the second round, my sponsor said, circled my character. Do you see how they're coming up with every person? And I went, it, I see now it's me, you know, um, you know. okay, I'll wrap it up. But anyway, thank you so much. And um, thanks for the service being done this evening at this meeting. Thank you so much, Lynn. And Kelly D, you're up. Kelly D, compulsive sugar addict. Deanna, I sent you a private message. Can you read it real quick? So I know what, um, okay. Um, I actually was invited to the meeting by the one who spoke this evening. So, um, and there is a very good reason why I'm here. Um, number one, I wanted to hear her talk. Uh, number two, she is my sponsor. And um, when that was my question, I just asked her, and we've had that conversation before that I don't care if she tells, and I believe that she didn't care either. Um, but when I lost my first sponsor um, in the program who had the most beautiful spiritual program and helped me find my God, when she left program, I then needed to find a new sponsor. 
And I took a little while to figure out who I wanted to go with. And I walked into a meeting one night and she and I live in the same city. So I, I get to see her anytime I want. Um, and she was leading that meeting. And all of a sudden it was like, I didn't even think about her. And I talked to my higher power through meditation um, for about two weeks thinking, okay, God, is she supposed to be my sponsor? And all of a sudden I had a light bulb moment and said, you kind of need to ask her if she has the capacity to be your sponsor. You can't just, you know, imagine her being your sponsor. And so I texted her and we talked that evening and she became my sponsor and she has the most beautiful spiritual program that is just like a part two of my first sponsor. And when someone says she has so much wisdom, that is the God's honest truth. And I listen closely when she has feedback for me. I listen closely to spiritual um, recovery from her and we have great conversations and I wouldn't be where I am today without her being my sponsor for the last year, um, piggybacking on another beautiful sponsor. And um, I am most grateful, most grateful for this program, saved my life as well. And you know, I love you and I will always love you. And you definitely are not a monster. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?